you a fan of this podcast? Do you wish there was even more juicy content for you to sink your ears into? Well, there is. You can become a premium member of this podcast for $5.99 a month and get full access to an archive of over 50 bonus episodes. Additionally, we release a bonus episode every single month. That's a ton of extra content, including my personal interior design diaries, extra tips, my talking about trends, and so much more. Additionally, you'll be keeping us on the airwaves each and every week because your premium membership money goes directly back to making this podcast amazing. Check us out at affordableinteriordesign.com. Click on podcast to learn more and to become a premium member today. need a high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look be your own interior designer with big design small budget here's your host betsy helmuth hi everybody welcome to another wonderful week of big design small budget as some of you know uh, I love to feature my listeners. People write in with questions, and sometimes they write in with so many questions that I think, you know what? We need to devote an entire episode to them. So this is another one of those premium perks, where if you're a premium member, you can write in with a list of questions and get your very own episode of this podcast. Well, that's exactly what our amazing premium member Hannah has done. Hannah is writing in from Montreal, and she sent me amazing pictures. She sent me some inspiration images, and she has got a lot of design dilemmas. So she is here with us for the entire episode today. Welcome, Hannah. Hi. I'm excited to first start by getting a little background info about you. So tell us more about who you are, what brought you to Big Design Small Budget, and what's going on. I moved to the Montreal area about a year ago uh, with my husband, who's from Canada, but as you can tell, I'm from the UK. And we bought a house, um, just a little spare of the moment, um, because it was such a beautiful home, um, but didn't really think too much about the work needed. So now, a little bit down the line, we're getting around to doing some of the renovations and what I thought would be a really fun process is actually quite stressful making all the design decisions. Um, I'm also eight months pregnant, so we're trying to get this renovation sort of semi-finished so that we can kind of settle in with the new baby as well. Yes, that is a lot on your plate, especially with these pictures you sent me. The space is in rather raw condition. It, it is. It has, um, it's a, it's a 1820s uh, stone rectangular house with really deep set three feet uh, walls. Um, so from outside, it's really charming. Um, and it was quite charming inside, but it was a lot of DIY by the previous owners. And it was really not in good shape. So when we looked at what needed to be done, we needed to strip it right back down to the bare floorboards, have the floors leveled, change the staircase, change the kitchen, basically 
everything that's needed to be uh, um, to be considered. And uh, so, in our normal hasty way, we've kind of launched it and, and hope that we can get it finished before this baby arrives. Yes. Well, no pressure. You have two months and you have ripped this thing to the studs. You've peeled up the floors. Uh, this place is is a project. But the thing that really struck me about the place when I was reviewing your pictures is that it has a lot of character inside as well. So it's got the stone. It's got some exposed brick. It's got a lot of natural woodwork. It's got beams on the ceiling. And as you've mentioned, it's got that deep inset window box. And almost every window I can see that looks about two feet before you get to the window. That's right. Uh, it downstairs it's two feet and upstairs it's three feet wow because there's a recess downstairs that means that it kind of sets back a bit but they're really beautiful windows and probably the best feature of the inside of the house for me yeah they're really interesting however they are kind of for those listeners who can't see the images in front of them it's kind of like there's a little hallway in front of each window that's between two and three feet, as you were mentioning. Now, the other yes. thing about this space that really strikes me is that it's quite an open layout. So down here on this main floor that we're talking about today, the kitchen is open to the living space, is open to the dining space. Am I seeing that correctly? That's right. So the whole rectangle of the, the home downstairs is open plan. Um, and currently it doesn't have a staircase, but when the staircase arrives tomorrow, it's one of those new um, kind of st uh, coated steel and wood open staircases that's going to sit right in the middle of the house. Oh, great. Great. Uh, just a second. So, Hannah, you probably know from being a listener that we're recording in my studio here in Dobbs Ferry. And if you hear that noise in the background, that is the fire alarm. Normally, I know, we have a town fire alarm. Uh, it's really annoying. So normally I would stop, but you were on such a delicious roll that I want to keep going. Just ignore the fire <laughs> alarm. Um, so are you ready for a little Betsy Smackdown before we launch in, Hannah? Yes, I'm totally ready. Okay, good. Because you wrote me with some beautiful inspiration pictures. You had sent a Pinterest board that had a lot of great images, and you'd even sent some paint swatches of some dark blue that you were hoping to do, correct? Yes. So it seems to me that because the windows are set back and because there's so much wood in terms of the floors will be wood, the doors are wood, the beams are wood, it seems like this space could get pretty dark just naturally without the navy blue walls that I know you were maybe hoping for considering each of your inspiration pictures featured that. Do sure. you fear that it will get a little dark if I let you um, go with your dream and have navy walls? That's exactly what one of my biggest worries is that the, the space is not well naturally lit. So um, I have been really thinking and trying to imagine how that would be, and I don't want to darken the house too much. Well, and one thing, when your house, when anybody's house has this much character, has this much going on, it's got a stove, it's the open layout that does like four functions in one, it's got that natural woodwork, it's got this central staircase that's going to be a mix of metal and wood, it's just got a lot going on. You don't have to do that much in terms of the walls. Architecturally, it's already got a lot to say. 
So you don't have to dress it up in terms of imposing a lot of strong flavors in this space. It's already really visually stimulating. Mm-hmm. Now, certainly we'll add furniture and rugs and artwork that will personalize it for you. But I worry that, you know, your inspiration pictures had a lot of picture walls. In other words, those gallery walls with multiple frames that are quite eclectic. They had the saturated navy walls. They had the really patterned dark rugs. But one thing you'll notice about those pictures is that in each of the images, the architectural trim the moldings, the fireplace surround, the doors were white. And it really freshened and lightened the space. But in your case, it's not that way. The beams are a wood tone. The doors are a wood tone. So I'm concerned that there may be too much visual interest. There may not be enough of a blank palette here to overlay a bunch of strong choices without making it look dark And maybe a little like a curiosity shop where everything is so interesting that nothing really gets to sing. Does that make sense? Yes, it makes perfect sense. So I think we have to tread lightly in this space and truly in any space that has a lot of character. I myself... In fact, just today, I got this real estate listing. Not that I should be following any real estate listings, but I can't help myself. I can't help myself. I got this real estate listing for an amazing Victorian, like just with all the impeccable word work, all the detailed moldings. And I found myself salivating, just going through these images one by one. But then I realized as a designer, I love to make strong choices. And I couldn't really make too many choices in here that would compete with that woodwork. So then I felt really glad that I have somewhat of a boring craftsman. Uh, it made me feel better that, you know, I can't just go nuts because the architecture has a lot to say. And your architecture has a lot to say. That being said, you have some other questions for me too. So let's get into your questions now that I've given you my Betsy Smackdown. No, that's really helpful. Thank you. Um, So do you think there's a place for any color, like an accent, like one wall or some color in the ceilings or? Hannah, I really want to be kind to you on this call. Now, haven't you listened to my other episodes? An accent wall can sometimes look like an accident wall, especially in an open concept layout where everything is so open that the whole point is that it will feel cohesive and like one space. So when you create an accent wall, you're visually separating that wall, setting it apart from all the others and kind of ruining that cohesion. The other thing is your home already has accent walls and the fact that some of these walls are stone and some of these walls are sheetrock. There's already so much going on that an accent wall would just add to the fractured look of this space. Okay. So I think – and also you really don't have that many sheetrocked walls. From the looks of this space, it looks about half stone, half sheetrock. Am I reading that right? Um, It's maybe a little bit more – so the the entire back wall is stone. Yep. And then there are two sizable stone chimneys. Mm-hmm. Other than that, it's sheetrock. 
So you've already got accent walls. So we're going to shut that down right now. All the sheetrocked walls need to be the same color and ideally they would be a neutral. That way we can make those stronger choices in a rug color because you're going to need a rug that's going to camouflage baby vomit looking into my crystal ball. Um, you're going to need a couch that's somewhat darker to again camouflage those stains. So we want to keep these walls in this darkish space light, bright, neutral. And painting the ceilings a deep color will make them feel even lower than they are. Right now they look to be standard eight feet or maybe a touch higher. Especially with those beams, it already feels like it's sort of closing in on you. So to make that darker, we'll visually lower the ceilings. So they need to stay just crisp and white. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So what's your next question? Sock it to me. So, um, at the moment, we're um, renovating the kitchen uh, as well, and we've bought an IKEA kitchen base that we're going to put a butcher block counter. The base of the kitchen has uh, gray, like light gray doors. Yep. Uh, and then we're going to sit that because we don't have very many walls that can function with cabinets for the kitchen we're putting most of the functions of the kitchen onto this island mm-hmm. so the island itself is huge it's it's 12 feet by four feet but then it's going to have a three foot extra breakfast bar on the end awesome 15 feet it's big and it takes it kind of occupies once it's in its space about a third no a quarter to a third of the ground space on one side wow and um, but I'm a bit worried about the size now that I see it in real life. And we were going to sit it on a tile kind of island of its own um, and then put the hardwood floors up to the edge of the tile, if that makes sense. Why wouldn't you do tile throughout the kitchen or the hardwood throughout the kitchen? Why are you thinking of this little tile carpet, if you will, for the island? Mm-hmm. Um, well, it was because there doesn't seem a natural point to stop the tile um, without it being kind of halfway in front of a door or halfway in front of where the fridge needs to sit. Yeah. So it didn't seem to be a natural place to cut it off. And then I quite was quite happy with the idea of the hardwood going all the way through, but my husband is petrified of ruining the hardwood. And so he wants to have something more protective under the areas where there might be more spills or, you know, moisture. Is he just worried about spills or dings or is he worried about like the fridge leaking or something? Because it sounds like the fridge is not going to be on tile, correct? That's going to be on the hardwood. That would have that would have to be on the hardwood unless we brought the tile kind of halfway across the room. (laughs) So with these renovation questions, my favorite way to tackle them is process of elimination. So in your situation, it appears to me that there's three options. The first is the magic carpet right of tile for your island. You can tell how I feel about that just from the description. The second is half tile in this space, half wood, although the stopping point for the wood feels somewhat arbitrary. Right. Or the third is to do all wood. Now, there is another option, which I'll throw out there. We'll call this three and a half, which is all tile. But I can see in the corner you've already bought lots of hardwood. Is that right? 
That's right. So yeah. that's why I'm not going to necessarily think about option three and a half. Right. Although part of option three and a half has a lot of allure for me just because the kitchen does appear to take up a significant part of this space. And you could yes. have done something like the tile that has the hardwood effect. Or you right. could have just done an interesting tile that maybe would have brightened the space somewhat. And then, of course, layered with rugs under any dining area or living area. So I wouldn't have personally ruled out tile right away, but based on the amount I can see you've already spent on the flooring in the corner, uh, I think we should probably rule it out. How do you feel? <laughs> um, yeah, I guess also the climate here in Montreal mm. with sort of six months of harsh winter. Um, I, I was, I did think about it, but I was a little bit scared that it would be too cold for the uh, the space. Although I appreciate this options for that and well and that floor heating but. that's just what I was thinking I was like yummy floor <laughs> heating and apparently it's cheaper than one would think my neighbor just put it in and I was shocked at how low the price tag was um but we we've gone too far to go back now Hannah the wood is bought the husband is in the zone I see him here in these pictures or someone here in these pictures working hard yes so my thought is that the weird little tile island under the main island is goof-tastic. It's unusual. It would really highlight this island and make it more conspicuous than it already is. It's essentially the 15-foot gray elephant in the middle of your room. And while I think that based on your description of not really having usable walls in the kitchen, it makes a ton of sense why it's so long and why it's so central, at the same time, I think that it should be a little more cohesive than having its own sort of stage, if you will. So I know that your husband is concerned about gouges, but most people's concern actually comes from the fridge, the fact that it might leak or, you know, something like that, and then they would have to redo the hardwood due to warping or water damage. But that doesn't seem to be something that's going to be a problem considering you were going to do wood under there anyway. So my personal preference would be to do wood all the way under all the way across and then just make sure that you have soft footies on those stools make sure that you could potentially even do a rug in the kitchen area you know an indoor outdoor rug that's right in front of if the sink is going in this island or the dishwasher right in front of that area right and then that could help break up the wood and protect it as well but that would be my first preference especially because your cabinets are not a wood tone if your cabinets right. were a wood tone, it might feel a little bit oppressive that there would be so much wood in this space, but they're not. And so I think the contrast would be lovely, and I think it will make the space look a lot larger to have one flooring option throughout the entire downstairs. Okay. Yeah. So that's the process of elimination I like to do, you know? Mm-hmm. That, sounds, that sounds great to me, and um, it will help me to convince my husband that that's probably a better idea. Just play him back this recording. I know he'll be on the same page. <laughs> so what's your next question? Um, so we have two chimneys, sizable chimneys uh, that are stone. One that's behind the island now and one that has a functioning fireplace on the other side of the room. And so we've got this empty very well I think it's very attractive stone chimney um and I don't know but it's behind the island I don't know what to put in it what to do with it to kind of um show it off or to make the most of it 
And I was wondering if you had any ideas. So in this large room, just to illustrate it for our listeners, we have this very large room and on either side there's a fireplace that's beautiful and stone and really visually prominent in the fact that it protrudes into the space and has this massive gray stone. And then right sort of near that second fireplace is the island. In fact, concealing that second fireplace is the island because if I'm in the living space, I almost can't see the fireplace behind the island. They're roughly the same height and it almost just disappears into the background. That's right. If you guys would have won the Canadian lottery or something, maybe it would have been fun to carve that area out and make it like a really cool oven moment, you know, putting a range there and sort of redoing the stone so that it feels like a hood. I'm not sure. But because it's pretty much fully concealed behind this island, I don't think there's really anything I would do with it. Um, It's not functional, correct? You're not going to be using the fireplace that's in the kitchen? Um, well, it's it's potentially functional. Mm. Um, it, it has it's working in terms of the chimney as patent, but um, we weren't thinking to put a, an, an actual fireplace in there. Because I guess it would keep your feet warm while you're doing dishes, but I can't really see um, the use of the fireplace in the kitchen otherwise because you can't really see it from any other vantage point besides sitting at the island. Um, right. Now, if you're ever going to use it, then you're going to need to do some kind of stone hearth and you're going to need to do some kind of stone or tile hearth that comes out into the space a little bit, which again gives us that lack of cohesive flooring and again makes it a little bit unusual. Um, But you're never going to use this for your purposes. How long are you going to live in this space? I'm learning to love the area more and more, but I still haven't 100% committed to to it mentally. Maybe your husband shouldn't listen to this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's it's been, it's obviously been quite a big year for us moving and and whatnot. And I'm really starting to appreciate where we live. And I do really love the home itself. Um, I'm just, I'm a city girl. And um, this is just outside of Montreal, it's pretty quiet where we live. So I'm getting used to that that side of it. Um, I'm hoping it's going to be a, a long, long-term home. But at the same time, I think I should think a little bit about the fact that it might not be um, and not make too many crazy uh, decorating decisions or, or big decisions that wouldn't be popular for the kind of general taste. That's right. So that's what I was thinking of as resale value. You know, if you're going to be here longer than seven to 10 years, then you should just do whatever you want because any decisions that you make will be dated anyway. Sure. But if you're going to be here less than seven to 10 years, you want to leave options open. Now, this kitchen is really unusable without the central island. There's just not wall space enough for a modern family to have storage, to have the surface area. So I think anybody's going to want this centralized kitchen, which will always be blocking the fireplace in the kitchen area. The kitchen area fireplace is not usable. It's not. Let's just uh, keep it real. So you could either continue that hardwood flooring all the way through 
and just make it sort of recede into the background. Since you're not going to put your Viking stove in there and carve out that stone and make it this feature, or you're not going to make it a pizza oven or anything like that. You haven't told me about any of these dreams, correct? Um, no. <laughs> okay. So if that's ever on the horizon, you can always tackle that when it comes and add in that stone hearth. But for now, I would just completely ignore the fact that it's there. Maybe mount something really cool on the face of the fireplace surround so that it becomes more of a visual feature than any sort of functional one. I could see like an amazing clock that's kind of see-through. I could see an amazing piece of art, something that can withstand getting greasy because it's right there by the kitchen area. But I would just have it sort of recede into the background and make the other one, the one in the living area, the fireplace that truly is the functional, warm, cozy focal point that we're all looking for. Okay. So on that note, we're going to segue to a commercial and we'll be right back with some more questions from Montreal. Do you love this podcast? Do you wish you could learn even more? Well, we have an online class bundle. Our online class bundle is comprised of three online classes, Beautifying Your Home for Less, Styling Your Home, and The Fundamentals of Feng Shui. Each one of those three classes is between 30 and 45 minutes long and chock-filled with visuals and tips, things that will help you to style your own space or help out with other spaces. Additionally, with the pack of three classes, you get an autographed copy of my book, Affordable Interior Design. You get all of that for only $99. Once again, that's the three online classes as well as the book for only $99. You just go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to buy your bundle today. And if one of those classes sounded intriguing, but maybe you already have my book or some of the other topics are not of interest, you can buy the classes individually at that site as well. Each class is $40. So head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to get your bundle or your online class today. All right. We are back with Hannah and her rural suburban home in Montreal or just outside of it. And I can't wait to hear a couple more questions. So Hannah, what's next on your list? What can we tackle so that you can feel better about your home reno? Um, well, you've answered so many of my questions already. Um, I could, well, I can ask you about the, the neutral palette that you're suggesting then yeah. um, for, the, for the walls. Um, how many colors, how... Uh, I'm, a, I'm aware that there's some sort of design rule about not just going pure white when it's in a slightly darker space. How dark on the color fans can I get away from the the white, the whitest shade? Or do you disagree with that? Well, I don't really ever use stark white unless I'm designing a super modern space, a very modern loft, a converted factory space, a gallery space. I rarely use the color white. Um, and by color, I mean absence of color, white. I always use a slightly tinted tone. Now, you shared with me that you are a big lover of mid-century items, but you also shared with me some very eclectic pictures from Pinterest. 
And of course, you had been leaning towards that navy, but I'm going to sway you more towards a gray beige. The reason I'm not going true gray for you is because there's so much warmth in here with the wood, with the wooden beams, with the wooden floors, with the wooden doors, that I really think going with that stark gray might feel too modern mm. For this space. So I'm thinking a grayish would be ideal for you. And the space is dark. It feels dark in here just from the pictures I'm seeing. So I would keep it light. You know, you're going to layer on those colors and tones. And you've got this gray cabinetry. So I would probably go with something, you know, just to be real specific. You know, I use Benjamin Moore because it's more readily available in all the different locations internationally. But also, um, I really like their bases and I really like the quality of their paint. I would look at something like Pale Oak. Okay. It's a perfect blend of gray and beige, but it's still bright and light and fresh. So it won't make your home feel darker than it already is. Sure. Sure. So check that one out. And when you're thinking about the quality of the paint, I must say that I have purchased their more expensive line, the Aura Paint. And I have also yes. used their more affordable line, Regal Select. I would never go below Regal Select. They have like a Ben Moore line, which is really, really affordable that I only use for ceilings or closets in a pinch. But okay. I tend to stick to their Regal Select or their Aura line. Their Aura is said to be very durable, scrubbable with a sponge or paper towel, take a lick and keep on ticking. So I really splurge for that aura in my space because I have young children who love to touch the walls. I don't know what their deal is, but they just take their hands and run it along and it drives me crazy. I'm like, don't touch the walls. Um, anyway, so I got the more expensive paint and I have not been so impressed. I didn't think it has held up better than the Regal Select in terms of washability. The thing that it does offer, which gave me a little bit of peace of mind, it has that low VOC or no VOC quality. So I feel better about it environmentally. But stain-wise, I think it's comparable to the Regal Select, and it's about $10 a gallon more expensive. Right. Yes. Yeah. And I, I understand that it, although... Uh, the lady in the store explained to me that I probably would need only one coat that generally there are no paints that are one coat. Totally. Paints. It is a yeah. fallacy because even if the paint is one coat, your painter is not one coat. In other words, he or she is going to miss some spots. The right. roller is going to, you know, dry out on one side and be saturated on the other side. Painters aren't perfect. And even if the paint is perfect, the paint roller, the flaws with the person who's actually doing it, that second coat provides you with the second layer of assurance that everything's covered. Sure. So there is no such thing as a one coat paint, even if, okay. uh, let me say there is no such thing as a one coat paint job. The paint may be one coat, the person is not. Okay. <laughs> um, do you have any, uh, uh, any suggestions about Sherwin-Williams paints? 
You know, I don't use them. I don't use them because they're not readily available in every area. So I'm just not familiar with their lines at all. Certainly they have stopped by our storefront. They call me on the regular. They're trying to get me to convert. But I've just been a Benjamin Moore girl for too long. So I never use them, ever. Okay. Another question I wanted to ask about painting uh, is trims and whether if you want your your wall to kind of blend into the background and your neutral walls to blend into the background and more be a canvas for art and pictures and things like that. Should you use a white trim or is it okay to paint your, your trims the same color as the wall to? Oh no, 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 no. Oh my gosh. (gasps) Just catching my breath. No, do not paint your trim the same color as the wall unless you're in that super modern space where everything is white. Trim is not only meant to be a different color so that it adds um, some architectural detail and some visual interest, but also because it gets more wear and tear. So it needs to be a higher sheen than your walls. You don't want shiny walls. So you're not going to semi-gloss your walls, but you will do a high sheen on your trim so that way the boot scuffs, the fingerprints on the doorknob, the different things that happen to trim that don't happen to walls will easily be able to be wiped away. So Hannah, oh my goodness. Sorry. Yes. I'm taking a deep breath and I'm getting ready for your very last question. Hannah, I'm pumped. What else can I help you with before I send you on your way to Reno with confidence? Thanks. Um, I would like to ask you about dressing those deep windows um, because I love them so much that I am a bit worried about putting uh, curtains or drapes on either side because in the evenings when we close them, which we probably would because we're fairly close to the road, um, then we you wouldn't see the nice recessed windows. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, uh, well, I just don't know. I just don't know what the, the, the right answer is. I was thinking Roman blinds, but then Roman shades, as you would say, but um, then they would cover a bit of the window and there's so little light. I don't want to miss out on any light. Yes. Um, so- So let me share with you that in your situation, there is no right answer. So we are going to do our process of elimination and choose the answer that's least bad, right? Because your windows, if it's like, because they're so deeply inset, two to three feet, and because it's like a little hallway leading to your window and your window takes up the whole edge of the hallway, almost as if it was a door, right? If we're imagining this recessed window, we can see that the recessed window takes up the entire space inside that box, if you will. Right. And you don't get a ton of light. These don't go all the way to the floor. So you really can't afford to lose too much window here. So I think you're spot on with that Roman blind issue. The header is just too big. All that fabric pulls up at the top and the header is generally you know, eight to 12 inches just in fabric alone. You're going to lose a third to a quarter of your window if you do those Roman blinds. If you do a more standard blind, then you'll only lose four to six inches. So that's a little bit better. And you could potentially mount it from the ceiling of this window box versus mounting it on the window trim itself, which you know I don't really care for. 
However, that's not ideal either because, you know, that's going to be a wood tone or it's going to be white. And it's not going to be a splash of color and it is going to go side to side or it's going to be inside. I can't really see inside the window too much if there's room inside the window to mount it inside. It looks like there is. It looks like there's kind of a deep wooden ledge before. So I'd probably put it at the top of that deep wooden box that's before the yeah. sheetrock. But that's not a perfect answer either. And I can't see in some of the windows, it looks like there's not a piece of wood or trim at the bottom of the window to stop the blind. It looks like the blind would just kind of hang versus hit a ledge, which may be the case or maybe not. It's in such construction mode, I can't get a sense. I think all of them have a, a ledge at the bottom. Oh, that's of them. nice. Yeah, Because I don't like the dangling blind situation. Now, another option for these windows that would be really nice stylistically but may pose some light challenges is to do a rod from side to side like a closet rod, a rod that has a bracket that attaches to either wall. Like imagine a shower surround or a closet where the rod goes across and there's two sort of circles that hold the rod end on either side. And then to do two panels that it sounds like would just need to be somewhat sheer to give you the privacy that you'd like. And then do them on a grommet so that they could slide back and forth easily versus a rod pocket, which would take up a lot more of the room day to day when the windows are open. If I had to choose one of these, right, one of these options we just discussed, I'm liking the idea of doing the side to side rod. within the two somewhat sheer panels that provide privacy while not opacity. Okay. And could add potentially a splash of light color. It's not only potentially the most affordable option, but it could also soften up this space, which has a lot of very hard elements from the wood to the stone to the beams to the gray cabinetry. It's just very masculine in here. And the femininity of a drape, the flow and softness would really help to um, to soften the hard edges and lines of this space. So personally, that's what I would go for. It, that's a really interesting point that I hadn't even considered and sounds really lovely. I think that's the way to go. And of course, you'll want them to touch the floor. You know what I like. So you'll want them to just brush the floor. But I think that that will be able to add that splash of color you're hoping for with those neutral walls. And it will also make these windows a little bit more of a feature rather than a wood blind or something that would just make them recede into the background. What would you, what would you think about a drape on the outside of the window? Oh gosh, no, 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 no. Because then you've got two feet. So you put the drape on the outside of the box, sort of on the outside of that hallway, listeners. And then you've got two feet before you actually get to the window. That's crazy town. Okay. That's just freakish. Um, You know, you'd hate for me to be vague and then you not leave with an answer. So I might as well just tell you how I really feel. That's freakish, Hannah. (laughs) Yeah. So I think you're leaving this conversation with some reality checks. Um, a nice list of what not to do and hopefully a significant list of what you should do. So that way you can be more excited and less petrified about your current situation. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. I feel like a lot of questions that 
I didn't even know how to articulate, you've answered for me. So I'm pretty happy about all of that. And I'm going to go chat to my husband about uh, about changing the plan a little bit. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Well, I cannot wait to see what happens. You will have to keep us posted. So please either write an email or phone in again. And premium members, did you love this episode with Hannah? Me too. You can have your very own episode. Just sign up for a membership. It's $3.99 a month or $39.99 a year for my entire archives, for a weekly bonus episode, and for an episode of our podcast completely devoted to you, your home, your project. So Hannah, it has been such a pleasure. Thank you for joining me today. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much for your help. And I will catch you next week. Bye. You've asked for it and we have answered the call. For years you've been saying, Betsy, you're talking about all these great design concepts, but we can't visualize them. You're describing the picture that the listener sent in of their problem, and we wish we could see that picture too. After all, a picture is worth a thousand words, and I do my best to describe them, but there's nothing like seeing it for yourself. And that's why Affordable Interior Design, the podcast, now has a YouTube channel. Not only do we have a YouTube channel where you could see recordings and clips of these podcast episodes, we also have an Instagram, a Facebook, and so many other exciting things. You should check it out. Head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash links. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash L-I-N-K-S links. And when you go there, you will see links to our YouTube page, our Instagram page, our Facebook page, and more. Please check it out, follow and subscribe so you can see everything I'm talking about. A big thank you to our amazing producer, Catherine Heller, to Aton and the MBCR House Band, and to Affordable Interior Design, the sponsor of this podcast and the premier place to get an amazing look on a budget. Check out affordableinteriordesign.com. If you guys love the show, the very best way to support us is by spreading the word. Tell your friends or write us an awesome review on iTunes. So until next week, guys, thanks so much for joining us, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.